Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hip Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Katherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media. Well, hello, Brooke Gowdy. <laughs> well, hello, Christy. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, seeing your face, I'm better. It's always so good to see you. It's it's Happy New Year to you. I haven't seen you in 2023. No, you haven't. And, and it's, it's good to see you. I'm sure you're going to see plenty of me, just like last season. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm ready for gravel season. I always kind of hibernate a little bit in like November, December just kind of recharging my personal battery and, and coming out of January, I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's do 2023. Yeah. I just did Omen winter. Oh my so gosh. How was that? Ways. It was great. But the one thing that I love about Omen winter is the way I start my season is because I haven't really been on my bike. I haven't really been concentrating on it. And I start my season with that and it gets me super pumped. It's like, oh yeah. I remember. I remember what it was like to ride on dirt and do hard things and then party my butt off with the amazing gravel community that we have here. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what what do you have coming up for 2023? What's on your docket? Oh, all the things. I'm going to be like dabbling in all types of cycling, um, really supporting getting people pumped about bikepacking, which is just something I've grown to love, uh, challenging myself with all the tough races that are out there and um, making sure, you know, my bread and butter is still mountain biking. So getting out on my mountain bike. And um, I just started actually my organization, Rowdy Gowdy. And so I'll be working on that a lot. Awesome. Awesome. What's Rowdy Gowdy going to be doing? Rowdy Gowdy is going to basically is Brooke doing what she always, you know, my passion, and that's introducing the joy of cycling to women, especially women of color. And even more than that, women that look like me, black women, uh, to the joy of cycling, because it's just, it is, it's just such a joyful thing for me and a beautiful thing for me. And I don't want to hide it. I want everybody to experience it. <laughs> you go. <laughs> Well, we've got, I mean, you, you brought up the word that we're going to hear quite a bit in this podcast, 
Um, but we have my coach, my merit joining us to joining us today. Um, and obviously you guys have heard Catherine's not here. Um, we're both going to be kind of working with Brooke throughout the, uh, the, the month of February to, um, elevate black voices and, and hear from, um, lots of Brooke's friends and our friends and just kind of work through February together. Right. Yeah. And I'm really excited about that. Um, as a part of my mission is to be able to elevate, um, black women's voices and really excited to be working with y'all on this podcast, because I know it's uh, one of your mission as well and no better month than February, but I know that's something that we do here all year round is inviting guests, women of color, uh, so that we can celebrate them all year. Yep. So we get, we'll get on with talking to coach my merit. And I think you're going to love it. It's a great, it's a great chat with my thanks, Brooke. Well, this is a exciting day for the gone gravel podcast here. We've got a, we're minus Catherine. So I've got a new co-host joining me as a guest co-host uh, uh, today. You're joining us both kind of throughout the course of the next few weeks, correct, Brooke? Yes. Super excited about it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and in case you don't recognize that voice, it's Brooke Gowdy. She's joining us on, from Colorado. Um, and uh, she, I'm going to tell you guys a little secret. She doesn't have on her bright red lipstick right now. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I have on lipstick though. You do. You can tell. I can see. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. You know who does have on some bright red lipstick? <laughs> Who's that? It's our guest. <laughs> I love it. Mai, did you know that I was going to be wearing the lipstick? Oh, no. But I always try to look like as bright as I can be. <laughs> Well, Christy, I'll let you introduce our guest. Okay. We've got my Merritt with us. And um, my, I got to meet my at Gravel World. I'm hoping she remembers this. Um, of course. Briefly um, uh, outside the finish line area. She, she pulled me aside and said hello, which was great to meet to gre- great to meet my in person, but um, got recommended to have my on the podcast. So Mai's joining us. Welcome Mai. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I clearly uh, remember our meeting because you had my favorite race uh, hat. I was like, oh, you, you know, Unbound. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and since then, I mean, I'm sure we're going to get to here, but before we get to Unbound, tell us, tell us a little bit about you and your journey in cycling. Um, a little bit about myself. I got into um, like real sports in 2012. I started off as a runner with Black Girls Run. And then I got into uh, triathlons in 2013. And um, I remember I registered for New York City Triathlon and because I had seen somebody wearing a wetsuit. And I said, oh, wow, that really looks pretty cool. I think that I would like to wear that. And uh, I didn't know what a triathlon was. And um, I just saw, I went to Google and I found out that there was New York City Triathlon. I registered. Then I went to this lady who I had seen with a picture and I said, hey, I registered for New York City Triathlon. You inspired me. (laughs) And I would like to, you know, can you, can you, you know, help me with some pointers? She was like, sure. 
uh, I would, you know, I could meet you at a swimming pool and I'll see you swim. And I was like, oh, great, you know, and she came to the swimming pool. She was very nice. And she saw me swimming and I was dog paddling. I was like, <laughs> you know, and she was like, and you signed for New York City Triathlon, swimming in the Hudson River. And I was like, yeah. And she said, respect for you. <laughs> she was like, you know, I was like, wait, what? Is, is there something wrong with that? <laughs> like, so that's when I said, maybe there's something wrong with that. So she was like, you need to take lessons. And she was like, there's a little pool triathlon that you could do. And you, it's, it's coming up in six weeks, but I'm sure you could do it. Just register for that. And you, you could learn it and you could hold on if you can make it to the end of the pool and you could take your time. And that's how I got um, into triathlons. And then I reached out to the race director and he was like, don't worry about it. With the wetsuit, you would just float right down the river. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Is and that true? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's how everything has been through my whole um, my whole experience that I would just sign up for something because somebody says, oh, yeah, you could do this. And I'll say, oh, you, oh really? And I'll sign up and then I find out the rest of the stuff. And I'll be like, oh, wow, like, I didn't know it was going to be this intense or this uh, <laughs> this bad or like it's really this crazy and um so I found myself doing New York City triathlon but um with the fellowship of others I've you know it just made it easier I ended up um uh creating a meeting a wonderful group of women and we started fellowshipping together and we started taking over Coney Island we were swimming over there and uh, we started a group called All Women's Triathlon Club. And we thought like we were the stuff. So we were, we'll swim and cycle and we will, everything was a takeover for us. <laughs> and then, so, and then uh, while I was doing a training ride, I was hit by a car. Oh my gosh. And I was like, <laughs> so I was hit by a car and I couldn't ride for like a year and a half. So I kind of just turned myself off to everything and I didn't want to be part of anything. And um, it took me about two years to come back. And right when I was about to come back, I don't know if you heard about Chelsea bumping in the news. I was a victim of that. And I was like, oh, my God, why am I attracting all this um energy like I was just about to come back from this uh um car accident and I was then there go the Chelsea bombing so that was another setback and I was like you know what I'm gonna come back strong I never felt like a victim or anything like that so I was in the gym I was working out it was all this and um I started running then I started running really fast. I was like, I was doing a forest camp. <laughs> so, and, and I remember um, 
I was running in Central Park. Um, they were doing a race in there. Like we have New York Road Runners, and uh, everybody was. Um, I I was running, and everybody was like, "You can catch her! You can catch her!" I was like, "No, she's a professional." They were like, "Yeah," and everybody and I couldn't talk, and I was wondering why I couldn't talk. And it was just different. When I got to the finish line, there was nobody at the finish line. I was like, where's mm. everybody? They were like, oh, you're the third female. I was like, what? <laughs> wow. So I was like, wait, you mean in this New York City, in the United States of America, I'm actually number three outside of 2,000 and something women? They're like, yeah, you are. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> wow. Wow. You're just absolutely impressive. That is really <laughs> impressive. So I was like, what? And then I started just running races and I was winning. I was just like doing like things. Like I never like expect to win. Like I'll be just like running. And then one day it was raining, right? And I'm running this race and this lady came and just like shot past me. And I was like, I, I felt like I was catching my breath and I was like, I didn't try to suffer and it was raining and everything. And I'm just running my race and I, we we get by the boardwalk and, and one of my friends was like, Ron, you are the first female because I saw the woman like start walking. I was like, what? I'm first? She's like, yeah. And then the next thing I was like, wait, why? I see the tape. I was like, whoa, what? wow, you're the first female. That's incredible. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, so I, I was so doing like 5Ks and, you know, so it was fun. I had a grand time and I was just like, you know, it was a wild time of my life and it was so amazing. And then um, there was this guy, he was from Coco Elite, and I was riding my bike. I was trying to get back into doing the race that I, I had an accident when I was doing, remember? And he was like, would you like to ride across America? I was like, what What do you mean? Like across, across, across America? He was like, yeah. I was like, hmm. I was like, you know, I've only ridden 56 miles. I said, when is this? He's like, uh, next year in June, they don't have any females. I'm sponsoring this guy. Well, mind you, I met this guy on Facebook. He just inboxed me. And I was like, well, I only have 56 miles. It's in July. I was like, but I only live once. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Ma, you have to tell us about this experience. So what did it Yeah. So I signed up. (laughs) I was like, yeah, sign me up. I'm coming. (laughs) So, so in 2019, so he was like, yeah, they just have a few females, right? So I was like, okay, so I'm coming. I'm one of the females. I'll be there. I show up. I'm like, where's the rest of the females? They're like, you it. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, uh, are there any other black people around here? They're like, oh, you it. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I, I want to know, like, did you, did you, it, it's like a story of you, it's, you don't know what you don't know. Like, right. you, I mean, you didn't know what the New York City triathlon actually like was going to entail, but you signed up for it anyway. 
you start running these races and you find out you're fast. Like, was there any background? Did you have any, any background or history in, in the sports that you've done? Like that, that led you to believe that you, Uh, (laughs) like, I would not sign up for the New York city triathlon. (laughs) Well, I really wanted to look sexy in a uh, wetsuit. Like, have you seen a wetsuit? <laughs> well, they are they are sexy the wetsuits. Like like you know like I was like wait you could be like a cat, a cat like what a cat woman like it's a sport that lets you look like a cat woman. That's great. yeah. Like that was. <laughs> I mean, your story, by is just really fascinating. I mean, what do you think it is? Have you always been this way when you were young? Did you just because I think a lot of people have hesitancy and they they have to be talked and given five reasons why they can do something and why they should do something. And it seems to me that you're the type of person who is just a yes person. <laughs> and then you figure out the rest later. So so what it what do you attribute that to? Have you is it just you? Is it innately you? Or have you grown into this? Did something happen that makes you this person? Um, I mean, I don't know how else to be. (laughs) (laughs) I like I've never thought about the other side. You know what I mean? Like if it's something that I want to do, I don't think uh twice, you know, like um. I mean, I grew up in Africa and I did sports and we 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 used to go to the village to um to um to visit my grandmother and we did everything like people will, will go swimming, we jump in a river, we go up the mountain, we, we you know people are heading cows, I didn't know how to, and the next thing I'm with the cows. I mean it's just like play everything, everything we just did, like nobody say uh give five reasons <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> just did it it was just life that's just life you know I mean what good grief this is just an amazing way it's so fun it's just such an amazing way to look at it right like you grew into sport through just what you did as a child and having fun and doing doing what was presenting itself there was no like superstructure then it was just play right like like at lunch break like when we were young like everybody did sports or like after school like it's like somebody you had to do some something like you either running netball football whatever you had you were doing something you know so it wasn't it just was like, and then when we going home, like we just playing something, you know, I don't know. Um, it wasn't a definition. I wouldn't say it was just a way of life. Um, my, I really need a timeline here. Okay. Um, I need some reference. <laughs> you're telling us a lot. You, you're telling us a lot of things. And so what I need to know is like the chronological order of these things. You were a kid in Africa. I like that you just named a really, really big place. You are very specific. So if you could get a little bit more specific for us, tell us we're in Africa. So you're a kid there playing, doing all of the things. And then your New York City triathlon. Like, uh, tell us a little bit about 
give give us a little bit of timeline. When did you come to the U.S. Um, and you know what what were you doing before you attempted this um, New York triathlon, which was one of your or before you signed up for it? Because I knew you, I know that you were um, doing other things before you actually got into the triathlon. Oh, okay. So like I grew up um, in Africa. I came here as uh, like at 18 to go to college. So I went to college in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm. Right. And I graduated there. I am a registered nurse as a profession. And I'm also a corporate wellness coach. Um, and oh, that's another story. <laughs> We're going like, to find out she's a, a country Western singer from Nashville <laughs> that has like a gold record. <laughs> I, I, I saw someone singing and I just decided I could sing too. <laughs> and she looked super sexy in her outfit. So I'm a singer now. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, you haven't seen my modeling pictures. <laughs> So back home, right, like when we were growing up, like uh, we had so many activities, like growing up, people played uh, soccer, like we never stayed home, like you eat breakfast, you're out. That was just so you are doing some activity, you playing soccer, you're running, you're doing uh, whatever, but here, like everything has a name and a definition and uh, it's like, you know, like we used to do sprints. We used to race each other. We used to do this, but nobody has time. But, you know, like I know like there are boys like right now, if you ask them, they say, oh, yeah, she was fast. She used to beat us all the time or whatever, you know, but it wasn't it was like street racing, you know, like like alley cat. I think what that's what they call it here. Right. So we used to do a lot of activities like fun things but it was just playing like my my brother actually uh, ended up being like in the national team for soccer so he was playing which is uh it's not we call it football but not the American football right um but it was just like from playing the ball that they used to make with plastic you know they stuff a plastic with something and then they wrap it around and it's a ball and then they go to an open field and they just kick it all day, you know. <laughs> and, then, and then when he finally went to school and he could run and they're like, oh, you know, he's good. He's a striker. And then that's how they were. Then my brother was a star was born. So my my brother was actually the star. And he always called me an accidental. Uh, what he called me an accidental athlete. <laughs> Coach Mai, did you play sports in college when you were in Tennessee? No, I danced though. <laughs> oh, really? Was you went to school for nursing in Tennessee, or yeah. is it something you did? Okay, I I am also a registered nurse, and I I went to school later to do that, as many nurses do. And then when you when you left the nursing field, um. I'm not nursing field. You never left it because that's what you're doing right now, correct? Correct. Yes. And then, um, what what else? Like, what else are you doing 
um, as an athlete. I know I want to also talk about like your coaching journey, because when I was doing some research, I saw that you are coaching. Um, Like, how did you go from thinking a wetsuit was sexy to being sexy in a wetsuit to helping folks (laughs) um, get in a wetsuit and be able to do the same things you're doing? Um, so, oh, okay. So like when I was, when I was in college, like, you know, people, I started, I, I remember one time they were having a, um, culture or something and they were, you know, people were dancing and they were like, oh my God, you can dance. So I was like, yeah, like we always dance. Like we meet, we, we, we have, anytime we have a function, we are dancing. Right. And they were like, oh my God, you could teach people how to dance. I was like, what? You think I can do that? <laughs> that's where, <laughs> then the, that's where the uh, dancing instructor was born. <laughs> and I was laughing. I thought it was funny, hilarious, right? And then uh, they were like, yeah, you could teach us that. And, you know, so I would teach people how to dance. And actually, when I was in New York, when I was rehabbing, I used to go to this um to this place and I, one of my friends actually paid for me to to start taking uh boot camp classes and each each when we were doing uh, it was tabata so each break when they're playing music i started dancing and then one of the the guy who owned the boot camp class you say oh my god you can dance i was like oh really and he was like yeah he said i want you to teach one of the classes oh cool yeah. And then I was like, you think I can do it? He said, yes. I said, but I don't think I really can. He said, yes, you can. And then he insisted. And then that's when I started um, uh, teaching. I, I called it Afrofusion. Mm. So I was teaching Afrofusion dancing, right? And then um, the other part, uh, strength and conditioning. So um, when I was rehabbing I used to go to this gym and um um I started stalking this man his name is you Ross he's like a world champion in uh, bodybuilding and I was like I want to train with you he was like no you are not I say yes I am so every day I'll come in the gym and I'll stand there and I'll follow him around until he allowed me to train with him so (laughs) he started allowing me to train with him so I think I trained with him for two whole years And from then, my body transformed and I was looking amazing. So my friends were like, can you coach us? Can we want to look like you and you're running fast and you're doing this? I was like, I don't really know how to. So one of the guys, actually, his name is James Revenal. He's um, there's a group called Black Runners Connection, which has like 10,000 followers. He's a friend, a good friend of mine. He came to me one day. He was like, you're so inspiring. I said, what do I inspire you? about like what's there to inspire from me right <laughs> and he was like no you really you are like it's like you're inspiring I want to be your friend I was like me <laughs> well my you're absolutely inspiring just listening to your story I'm like blown away 
<laughs> it was like, you trained me. I was like, oh my God, really? So we started working out together and James started looking, looking amazing. Like he had muscles, biceps, whatever, flexing. And that's how I started coaching people. And I was like, look, I can't really charge you because I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> and then, so James was like, okay, so he was my guinea pig. And then James brought his other friend and then people started coming to me and they were like, can you coach us? Can you coach us? I was like, oh my God, now I became a coach. But I, I used to say, look guys, I really have a good job and you can't pay me what I'm really worth. So just give me something. <laughs> What what were your what were your trading for? What were some good trades that you got? Uh, like good what? Did you say you were trading for things like your? No, coaching? no, like they will give me like little money, like. Little <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like, cause they couldn't, cause I was like, you can't really pay me what I'm worth, and I have a good job or whatever. I don't know. I just used to give some speech because I felt bad, like charging uh people exactly like i mean i didn't even know what was the going rate because it wasn't i didn't know how much to charge yeah so so um so now how i got into gravel right i love dirt right and and then uh i was on castelli team and they were part of, who was part of uh, Castelli, and they were like, oh, they have some entries for coming Unbound. And I was like, oh, I want one. And I, I had no idea what coming and uh, it was Dirty Cancer. Mm-hmm. I have no idea where Kansas, Cancer, anything is. And I just, I don't know, it just like clicked in my head and I said, I want to go to this place and whatever this, the name, like the name was just like something that connected with me. And I say, I want to go to this place and dirty cans. It just sounds like exciting. I was like, I want to go there. So I signed up. And then I think um, right when I signed up, that's when uh, COVID happened. And then everything else happened. And then I couldn't go. So then when I finally got a chance to go and I knew why I was supposed to be there, like, I feel like crying, like when I talk about Unbound, it's like, it connects me with my roots. Like I was meant to be there, like the, re- the, the, the nature, the, mm. the trees, it's like the savannah the wind, how it, it just blows and, you know, the prairies, everything. And they have the buffaloes. We have the buffaloes. And I mean, it's like, it's like my soul, you know, it's just like, it's a place I belong. Oh, awesome. And the people there, like, I was like, you know, when I was like, wait, it's like, I, I had all the fears because that's that's when all the politics was going on and I, I didn't know anybody and I was like oh my god I'm going there and they canceled my hotel they changed it to a COVID hotel and I didn't know anybody and I met somebody on Facebook and I was like I think you said you're from Kansas 
this guy called Mark and he was like, yeah, but I live in Overland. So I was like, look, my hotel was canceled. Would you, can I come and stay with you? I was like, and I say, I have my son. He was like, you, you and your son can come. I was like, I hope you're not a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait a minute. So my, you're, <laughs> so you're telling me that you went to, what was this? Uh, uh, you went to Facebook and you found this person. This person was on a special unbound Facebook page. Group? Yeah. No, probably. no, no. Oh. It wasn't even, it wasn't even on unbound. I had seen him post like a lady had posted like she wanted to go out somewhere and he asked where she was. And he just oh, mentioned that was, he was um was they were a... not related. It wasn't had nothing to do with unbound, but I just saw that he said Kansas. Then something rang in my mind that yeah. there somebody had mentioned that he's in Kansas. I had no idea. So I just reached out. It was just like, who else do I know? He'd helped out, he'd helped out one of our women athletes that got stuck at the airport. Yes. And so you went to go stay with him. Yes. And then you, and then did you rode in the race? You're able to ride and unbound. And that's where you had this very spiritual experience that reminded you of your homeland. Yes. Tell us, tell us about riding in unbound. I, I rode unbound for the first time last year. I'm riding again this year, but um, it was, um, yeah, a very interesting experience for me as well. And um, yeah, I just want to hear more about your experience. Uh, two things in particular that I'm interested in, if you'll, you talk about whatever, but I'd love to hear about like, what was it like being a black woman out there at Unbound, um, riding in this race? Like, did you feel comfortable? Tell me about that. I think some black gravel cyclists would be interested in hearing that. And then, and then second, um, yeah, being on the dirt, cycling on the dirt, um, the unbound experience in general, how was that? Right. So, you know, you know that I didn't even have a gravel bike when I signed up for this race <laughs> and I had not ridden in the dirt, not, not, remember, <laughs> you know, my story, right? By now you should follow. <laughs> so I think, I don't remember. I, I, I rode two times on the dirt before I went to Unbound. <laughs> like, like that was as much dirt riding I had because in New York, anywhere, anytime we ride in the dirt, it's like two hours away. We have to catch a train. And then I didn't know any, anybody who was riding and it was about COVID time. Everybody was kind of like scared to get together and all that. It was just like kind of whatever. I was not ready for Unbound and everybody was like, you know, they don't put out the route and whatever. I was like, I'm just going to go to Unbound. And then I was late for the race and everybody had left. And then let me tell you, I was not ready. We went north. Mm. And I signed up for the 100 because, you know, I have to do the 100. I can't just, you know, if I if I knew better, I probably would have signed for the 200. I don't know why I didn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would be something I will do. So I saw 
I've never seen rolling hills like that in my life. They kept coming and coming. Like I'll come, I'll go up and I see another one coming. I, I go up and see another one coming. It was like, uh, uh, it was like, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's like the way I, I never seen anything like that in my life. <laughs> I totally understand. I haven't seen anything then, like it since. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then it then it was hot. It was like a hundred, and I I cooked. <laughs> and it, but you know what? I was having such a good time. I was miserable. It was the most miserable <laughs> fun I have ever had. I'm not sure I could use and, this as an ad for Unbound or not. <laughs> oh I, I think that needs to be the tagline though christy the, the most, most miserable fun, fun time I've ever yes. had yes right it was it's the hardest fun you ever have in your life like you'll be like what like i don't know it's like one minute you're like oh my god and you're like yes oh my god yes like i don't know <laughs> it's, I, 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 you know i had to i don't know maybe I lost my mind or something in that, in that, because I just, no matter how much I was feeling bad, I was having it. My, my, like I was joyful the whole time. And then there was a fellowship. Everybody was like, just on the same level. The people made me, they were so welcoming. And I mean, I saw like some Trump 2020, um, uh, like, flags on some 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 farms or I don't know like houses and I was like oh my god you know maybe these are like these people gonna gonna come out or whatever and be like what are you doing here but it was not like that it was just the flags they didn't mean anything that was not the vibe and the people there was just so welcoming. At first, I was like, you know, New Yorkers, you always like look at people with a side eye, like you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like this, like you're like you're waiting for it. I waited, I waited, and nothing happened. And finally, I let my guard down, and I was just like at home. And I mean. And then at first I didn't want to take the, the, the water from those, um, uh, the trail angels. I was like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the next thing I was there, I was like, oh yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. I was like, I was, I was home. I was home, y'all. This is like, <laughs> I'm new. and they were like out with their trucks. I was like, you guys are really like just giving this for free. They were like, yeah, like they had oranges and the oranges were so cold and I was so hot. And I was like, wait, what? Are you sure I could just take this? They're like, yeah, you can have it. It was the joy. It was the most joyful thing I've ever had. And then I was like, wow. And when I, when I finally finished and then, oh, and then when I got to the, um, when I got to the, uh, when to the cutoff, mm -hmm. my 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 son and Mark couldn't make it on time because they got caught in a cow traffic. They they got <laughs> cow traffic in Kansas. It okay. happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real thing. 
And then the Shami Bada people were like, come on, don't worry. What do you need? And they were like, yeah, we got you. And they gave me everything I needed. I was like, oh, thank you. You see that like I had the best experience. So um, when I when I finally um, got to the to the finish line, right, and I was like, "Wow, I I, I don't know, like there are no black people who can feel the like what I want to share this feeling mm. with other other black people. Like this is this is just not for me. Like I I have to spread this joy. Like I, you know, like when you just you have something that you can keep to yourself and that's how I felt and then um I came back and then the following year that's how I ended up bringing uh eight women with me last year and I met you uh Brooke I don't know if you remember me I was like Brooke you know and we took a picture we have a picture with you Absolutely. And it's not until this very moment that, that you remember, remember that. My, yes. Oh, I remember awesome. walking past. It wasn't even during the race or after it. It was like we were walking past on a street, right? Were we? Yes. Yes. And I was like, I, I follow you. And I was like screaming. And I was like, you probably didn't hear the rest of the speech, but I said everything I know about you on Facebook and IG. <laughs> Well, you know, I, um, it's so special to go to Unbound. It's such, for me, those rolling hills, uh, the, the effort and the miles that you have to put in. And it just, um, it feels so good to see somebody that looks like you out there too. And so it was really special to see you and to see your group and to see your excitement. My friend who was with me said, do you know them? And I was like, Oh, I don't know them, but we're family. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, guys, this is Brooke. Yes, she did. Uh, I say she she she's amazing. She rode. Uh, she rode like she rides like crazy. She rides mountain bikes, and uh, oh my god, because they when you know they they never ridden any mount any gravel. Like they started riding. I didn't even tell them what unbound was until January. I was like, you have to say yes to the adventure before I could tell you what it is. So it was a secret until they all signed up. And then I say, oh yeah, it's unbound. They didn't have any gravel bikes. They didn't even go, <laughs> they didn't even know what it was because I knew they would say no. if they. So I tricked them into signing for unbound. <laughs> and so who were these women? Were they your friends? So I was teaching Black Girls Do Bike a, a off-season um, um, strength training class, like, you know, off the bike. And, and, you know, so we had good vibes. It was a joyful class and we used to have a good time. And I said, you know, so uh, I had said it was, I think it was an eight-week class. It was coming to an end and you could tell like they wanted more and, but I didn't have time to keep you know, like the class up because I only had so much time. And, and you know, so I was like, they wanted more. And I say, you guys, it's the class is coming to the to an end. And they were like, oh, I say, so who want another challenge? <laughs> so they were like, they were like, 
you know, I was like, okay, if you want another challenge, let me know. I have a wonderful, wonderful challenge for you. And you can only say, you have to say yes. And once you say yes, you can back out. So at this time. Yeah, I just want to be your friend. Like my, like, like the whole thing about this is like big girl chamois stuff. And I'm like, that's <laughs> good grief, my, like your chamois is huge. <laughs> Yeah, like, I like it. Big girl chamois big, stuff. It's gonna... like, we're just crushing this. Like, I, and how many? How many are coming with you this year? Because I know we talked to get you all set for this year. Um, so I, yeah, I think it's nine of us, including my son. My son is always another guinea pig who, who comes. He came last year. He's coming again this year. So it's ten. So it's a team of. Uh, we need well, to have a social. We yes. need to have a meetup. <laughs> like, let's figure that out for this year because I think after hearing this, our listeners are definitely going to want to meet you. Um, I know our listeners are already a fan of Brooke, so let's let's figure that out. We can put Catherine on the spot to organize something. So, um, I just think that'd be so fun. So, yeah. To live your healthiest life possible, you need to understand what's going on inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source your body. Inside Tracker was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. It provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live a longer, healthier life. Inside Tracker can also calculate your biological age, which is the rate you're aging compared to your chronological age, as well as ways to lower your biological age. The thing we love most about Inside Tracker is that they give you recommendations on things you can control to optimize your health like food, supplements, workouts, and other lifestyle choices. And did you know that you can use your HSA, HRA, and FSA to buy any Inside Tracker plan? Which means you can purchase Inside Tracker using your tax-free dollars. Oh, and it gets better. For a limited time, you get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store when you sign up. So if you're ready to get a crystal clear picture of what's going on inside your body, along with the science-backed recommendations to optimize what's not working, Visit InsideTracker.com slash Feisty. That's InsideTracker.com slash Feisty. Tell us about the folks that you're bringing to Unbound this year. Are they, have they been riding? Are they up for the challenge? Did you tell them? (laughs) Did you tell them about those rolling hills? Did you tell them about that heat? Did you tell them what is <laughs> so so everybody so you know I have it I have my my secret word which is called joyful. Okay. So we all have to learn this word called joyful. No matter what my says, everything is joyful. Joyful. Right. So even if we say we're going to, which you did, what is called the West Fortshire? It's joyful, Brooke. It's joyful. Joyful. Yeah. Joyful, joyful, joyful. You know, so that's what, oh, that's what everybody knows. It's going to be joyful. I love that. I do. I love that too. I mean, that is my, we, that's what we need to do, Christy, is have the joy ride. This year, um, like we, we spent many years um, acknowledging black trauma, acknowledging heartache. We've acknowledged all of that being passed down. But for me, this year is all about black joy. 
And that is what I'm concentrating on. That is what I am, like any photo that you see of me, any ride that you see of me, um, they're all going to be tough and they're all going to be challenging, but they're certainly going to be full of joy. And, um, and, and that is what I want people to see as well, that Black joy exists. In fact, I made 250 buttons that say Black joy exists. So that people can know that I can hand it out to people, whether they're white, black, or brown. Black joy exists. So, Coach Mai, I completely understand what you're saying, and I, and it should be like we should go to Unbound and like make sure that everyone there also knows. You guys, okay, that this is it. We we are going to have the joyful ride. And Brooke, if you need help getting more buttons made, let's do it. Let me help you. Yes, like yes, totally, totally. And, no, I, I don't know, like for me, no matter what, like I, I, I can't remember the time I wasn't joyful at Unbound, even through that rain and lightning. And I thought I was like, I asked myself when I saw lightning, I say, what is the most thing lightning? Like, how do you protect yourself from lightning? I say, wait, I'm the highest point. Yeah. Don't go to the high point. <laughs> Get in the don't be where we are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Joyful, no matter what, it's joyful. I, I mean, I, I found joy in that rain last year. It was, it was, it was the most joyful ride I've ever had. I don't know. I find joy in everything. Like no matter how painful it is, there's joy. There's joy. I mean, especially if you, if that's where you're going into it with, then that's what you're going to come out of it with. So yeah, you know, I mean, I literally have goosebumps from head to toe with the the power that you two are bringing to this, and I just, I love it. Um, it's part of the reason it's actually, if I'm being fully honest, it is the reason that I'm still into cycling events is because this is the stuff that inspires me is getting to see the human connections that happen and to see literally how powerful it can be and how you can change lives just by riding your bike and bringing community together. It's rad. So, um, yeah, yeah I mean, obviously stay tuned. We're going to put something out around this this joyful thing for sure. Um, I'm going to talk to my, my marketing team and, and like, let's, we'll make Catherine level up on the, on the gone gravel stuff that they're bringing. And let's have some, let's having something super joyful while we're there. I even like the idea of a t-shirt. Yes. And, and, Christy, you're and it. oh, like, you know what I mean? Like when you get those, like from head to toe, it's, this is a, yeah. It's a, it's an amazing idea because it's just so connected. We, you know what? We don't know what makes people tick, but what, no matter who you are, whether it's, it's, uh, it's God, whether it's, it's spirit, spiritual or whatever, but joy is joy. I think that, um, for me, it is always this, every time I get on my bike, I know that when I experience the joy that I do from doing something for me, it's those moments when I'm with my friends and that is joy. When I get to ride my bike with my friends and we're taking it easy. Um, when I'm commuting with them to a coffee shop, that is joy for me. When I am riding across the country with them, that is joy to me. Um, I love the way biking allows us so many opportunities to tap into different parts of joy, because I do think that joy 
is a little, it, 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 it can be simple, but complicated because you can go to Unbound and be in 100 degree heat and be riding hill after hill after hill and experience a type of joy um, that looks different, <laughs> um, but still the same is joy. Um, and so I, yeah, I, I love that you keep going back for that, that you keep signing up to keep going back to experience that. And beyond that, I think it's very beautiful that you keep bringing folks that look like you back to experience that joy. You don't bury, you do not bury your joy. You make <laughs> sure that you bring folks together to um, experience that. And thank you, Mai. And you know what, though? It's like last year, I didn't even know how much joy this will give me introducing others to something they didn't even know. Watching them discover their strength, they're finding themselves and owning it. I'm tapping into their resilience, watching them tap into their resilience. What? Oh, my knowing, God. Knowing that they <laughs> Yeah, you, I'm just you gonna go stand it. at the finish line and I'll see you guys out there. This is amazing. All right, I'm hey. telling you, and now they want to challenge, you know, when they came and they were like, I want to come back. I say, Wait, you see my song? Like, you want to come back? Like, I want to come back. Like, what? Well, okay, so we know we know we're gonna see my and and several other folks from New York lining up at the start line at Unbound. My, where can folks find you on social? So I'm, I am Tri-Fit Lifestyle and we are Brownstone Gravel Grinders. Okay, perfect. I'll make sure that that gets put in the, in the show notes too. But um, I mean, this has been an amazing conversation. Um, I feel <laughs> like there's just more. <laughs> yes so i'm super excited and like for sure let's make sure we keep talking about the joyful ride because i think that we've got something really super special so and chrissy i i know that we have to go i just have one question oh yeah for sure um we're recording this podcast in february which is black history month and i want to make a note that black history month is for everyone not just for black folks and so in light of that um Coach Mai, is there, in this very special month, is there a message about Black History Month, about Blackness, uh, about any of those things that you would like to share with the audience? And that's our goodbye. Yes, I would like to say that celebrate yourself and celebrate each other. There are times that we always look to others outside of what we are and others that are amongst us, you know, and we're looking for all these um, outside forces and thinking that there are other people who are heroes. But sometimes it's just the people that are close to you, like Brooke, when I, you know, celebrating you, you are like, you are somebody who is who is close, who is tangible to me that I can actually see, touch and feel. And, you know, and I celebrate you. And that's just so amazing to me. Thank you for those words. 
You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.